Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Potomac Perspective. I'm Neil Shapiro, Head of Communications at Stiefel, joined as always by our Chief Washington Policy Strategist, Brian Gardner, who's in Washington. Hi, Brian. Neil, good to be with you. You know, Brian, I know we normally always start off with some sports, particularly baseball, because that's the season we're in. But it was your suit. What's that? New York, it's not. No, it's not. I know. The Yankees did finally break their nine-game losing streak yesterday. You know, the the question is, can Aaron Boone get to Labor Day? Yeah. Well, at this point, I think he's going to have to. But what I was going to say was, even though we're talking about baseball, though we'd like to forget it, and I'm sure our colleagues in St. Louis would like to forget it too, because the Cardinals haven't done much better, I was going to make a little bit of a football analogy, because we do have football coming up, that for you... The Super Bowl was actually last night because we had our first Republican debate of the primary season. What what a segue that is. Well, I mean, I have the vision of you sitting there with the feet up and the popcorn. And, you know, the only thing we don't have is fantasy. And someone will think of this now that they've heard this on the podcast. We don't have fantasy debate teams where we can't do fantasy debate, fantasy politics. But, but the, that's an idea there, for someone. There, there are bingo games out there. I'm sure there are various games uh, that include adult beverages. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm trying to not get you know compliance involved in the podcast, but yes, I understand what you're saying. But in all honesty, we did have our first Republican debate of what's going to be a very long election cycle, and I'm wondering what your initial takeaway is from that debate. So the the initial Trump, uh, takeaway is that Trump won. Donald Trump won, he won <laughs> even though he wasn't there. He wasn't there, but he won. Um, so look at it this way: his interview last night with Tucker Carlson undercut the debate. Um, and you know, later today, he's going to surrender to Georgia authorities in connection with the latest prosecution. Um, whatever attention conservative media pays the debate, it's going to dry up shortly. Now, I, I was kind of monitoring uh, Fox News and other conservative media outlets this morning. And I wouldn't on, you know, the the debate was not as dominant a topic in the news as you might expect. Yes, especially on Fox, because they covered it. Uh, They hosted the debate last night, got some coverage. But in other conservative media, not so much. So I'm I'm skeptical that any candidate is going to get much of a bump. And and like I said, um, once the um, once we get in this afternoon with the surrender situation in, in Georgia, um, the media will cover that. And so media coverage of the debate is going to just dry up. And so there's not going to be any follow through for the candidates. So um, uh, I, I don't think anybody gets a significant bump. And if no one gets a significant bump, Trump wins. And I'm sure and I'm sure Fox was the most disappointed of anyone that Trump wasn't there. Oh, absolutely. It would have been a whole different yes. dynamic, obviously. Yep. Had he yeah, I, I, I have to be honest, you know, we're, we're recording this. The middle of the afternoon, the day after, and I haven't seen ratings yet, but my best guess is that they were not overwhelming. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. Not with Trump there anyway. Um, so having said all that, if you had to pick a winner from those candidates who did show up, who do you think it is? I think there are three. Um, Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, and Vivek Ramaswamy. Um, I don't think any of them landed any kind of knockout blows, but they were just sharper and more engaged than the rest of the fields. Um, 
Haley and Ramaswamy, obviously, it definitely had some some interchanges, very heated interchanges. Yeah, Sanders did a good job. I mean, I, I don't think he, I don't think he was phenomenally good, but um, he was competent, seemed in command of things, um, didn't make any major mistakes. Um, you know, I, I and the rest of the field is just the rest of the field. Um, no one's going to really talk about them today a whole yeah. lot. Um, and, you know, especially with Trump not being there, um, it's tough to take on Trump. And none of them tried yeah. to take on Trump last night. So no one's emerging as yeah. kind of an alternative to Trump. Yeah. I mean, I think Christie's probably the most outspoken against Trump and was basically called out for it as saying that's his basically his campaign strategy. Yeah. And Trump was barely mentioned, at least in, in the first hour, really barely mentioned. It's, um, it's an interesting dynamic. I, I think we've touched on it before, but it, it bears repeating that this is very donald trump is the de facto incumbent in the republican party even though he's not in office he's a de facto incumbent sure. and he has the advantages of incumbency I, I i just think that's that's a factor that doesn't get enough attention yes the prosecutions uh have this rally to trump effect but even without the prosecutions i do think that the the trappings of incumbency help donald trump and it just makes it very tougher for everybody else to attack him. Well, if you watch, if you watch, and and I saw parts of the Tucker Carlson interview. What's really interesting is, given the time where we are, I mean, Trump was acting as though he was doing an interview for the general campaign. Oh he yes, he was going after Biden. Which, right. when you're not the when you're not the incumbent, uh, the the sitting president, and you're in the primary season, typically what you're doing is trying to knock off all your other. Um, opponents who are vying for the nomination. Trump clearly was acting as if he's got the nomination and he was already in general election mode for sure. And rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, just be before we talk a little bit about any of the policy points made when we talked about who the winners were, I've listen, you're the politics expert, um, but I've always looked at these debates and said, okay, who is auditioning for vice president when we when we look at these debates? Because we all know that some of these candidates on the stage really don't have um, a real shot at being the nominee. And I, I think it would be hard to to, to not mention that uh, Ramaswamy was definitely looked to me like this was his sort of interview for the vice presidency. Would you not agree I, with that? I, I totally agree uh, for um, for two reasons. One, because I, I think that was a a clear goal of his last night and to um the process of elimination that no one else on that stage is really in a position yeah. to be uh, a running mate it's not gonna be chris christie not gonna be mike pence again no it's not gonna do it um nikki haley's not um i think those those bridges have yeah. been between her and trump uh you, you know. don't often you don't often hear somebody who's running against somebody call him the best president of the century and then say that you're running against him. To me, right. you're running with him when you say yes. that. Absolutely. Um, no, so so I think um, you know, when we start the parlor room games of uh, you know, who's gonna be the running mate, uh, he'll be on the list, the short list. Of, yeah. Uh, he also, to me, just watching, sort of personality-wise, energy-wise, mannerism-wise, seemed to be, even though Trump wasn't there, he was sort of like a Trump shadow being there. He resembled Trump style-wise in a lot of ways. Yes. I no, I, I, I think that's right. Um, uh, mini Trump? Mini, mini? Yeah. Mini Trump. Younger Trump. Younger right. Trump. 
which I think is what he's probably positioning himself as. Okay, well, now let's get into the things that matter, which are policy. Any any policy takeaways that you that you come I mean, away with? It's really tough, Neil, because th- these debates really are more about po- uh, personalities and policy. And yeah. I don't think last night was any different from debates we've seen in the past, um, primary inter- intra-party debates. Um, on economic policy, you know, what we look at the most, um, I, I would say most of the candidates kind of back traditional Republican economic policies on taxes, energy. Um, there were few of any surprise on that. Um, former Vice President Pence said that the 2017 tax cuts should be extended. Um, I don't think that's surprising yeah. um, because no it's the administration that helped pass them. Correct. And, and, you know, Pence is a very traditional type of Republican who favors uh, low taxes. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe, you know, it just serves as a reminder to investors that the 2017 tax in, uh, tax cuts, especially individual income tax cuts, um, the and the increase in the estate tax exemption, as well as the cap on the state and local tax deduction, the SALT uh, deduction cap, those all expire after 2025. Yeah. So Not the permanent. And that kind of coincides early in 2025, the debt limit suspension that was just passed a couple of months ago, that's also going to expire. So you can kind of see the contours of a big debate starting to to form in 2025 over the debt limit and tax policy. Um, And, you know, so I mentioned individual income taxes, the estate tax, SALT deduction. The corporate tax cut from 2017 does not sunset in 2025 like the others. But if you have this massive tax debate in 2025 connected to the debt ceiling, and you're talking about extending tax cuts on individuals, my guess is that the corporate rate debate is going to get reignited. Um, and just a reminder to investors, um, you know, House Republicans have become increasingly populist. Senate Republicans, too, just at a slower pace. Um, and... I think there are fewer Republican lawmakers in Congress who are as enamored with uh, corporate tax cuts as they used to be. So mm. something to watch. We're not obviously it's way down the road. It didn't get covered no. last night, but just the fact that Pence mentioned twenty the twenty seventeen tax cuts, it, it, you know, it's just worth a reminder to uh, to investors. There's something coming down the road on all of this. Um, yeah. We're still a year, two years, a year and a half, two years away from this. But if there's it's something. Coming. The yeah, it's coming now. Um, so there are more debates, obviously. So do you think we'll ever see Trump on the debate stage um, in, before the, you know, assuming he's the nominee before the general election season? Probably not. Yeah. Um, so I, I can see it. Here are a couple of scenarios where. The race starts to tighten, and he needs to. Right, um, it would have to tighten substantially, though, if he yes. the current polls. Um, out of necessity. Um, uh, and maybe he just decides to roll the dice going into um going into Iowa. Um, uh, maybe a pre-Iowa debate. Um, maybe he sees that as um something in his interest. Um, the other is um and something that Republican leaders have been trying to remind him and a way to get him into these debates. 
if he skips all the debates, that's going to be a talking point for Joe Biden to skip sure. debates in the general. And so maybe Trump decides just to do one to check the box and say, hey, I debated in the Republican primary, so I don't know, you know, why are you why are you skipping me? Why are you ducking me? Yeah. I mean, that's that that I could that that's those are the, the two main reasons. Necessity because polls tighten significantly and just kind of preempting a Biden argument down the road. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian, good stuff. Thanks for the instant analysis. Appreciate it. Sure thing, Neil. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everybody for listening. Um, we, we, will, we will be back, easy for you to say, we will be back with another episode of Potomac Pers- uh, Perspective after Labor Day. So I hope everybody enjoys the final few days of summer. You too, Brian. That, that, that could be our uh, NFL preview. Podcast. That's right. Okay. That's right. And if for all of you drafting over the next two weeks for your fantasy teams, good luck. And we'll, we'll talk to everybody uh, after Labor Day. Take care.